This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to some sort of the Clear Jets podcast for us, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Michael, is it ever boring around these parts? Do we ever just have a, a regular week with just a regular podcast previewing a game? Obviously, some huge news that just dropped. The Jets released Will Parks. Michael, your initial reaction. Yeah, I mean, never a normal week in the world of New York Jets football. I mean, you're going for a playoff chase, and out of nowhere, you hear that you know one of your best special teamers, a Big, beloved personality on social media. Will Parks getting released. I mean, never a boring day in the world of New York Jets football. All right, the bit's over. Let's talk about it. Zach Wilson? Yeah. Starting Sunday. How oh, really? That's news to me. I, I thought Will Parks was the big news. Okay, we, we can drop it. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get to it. Let's just, let's just hop right into it. All right. I'm glad, I'm, I will say, I'm glad we were, we were late on this pod. You know, I'm a senior in college wrapping up finals. I had a paper due on Thursday night, and I was like, oh, okay, look, can we just do a Friday? And then I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I felt bad about it because we, you know, we had the fan in, we got this momentum going. And then I, I woke up Friday and I just saw a text from Michael that just said, what? In all caps. And then I, I saw the news Mike White not cleared, Zach Wilson started. And I was what, like, all right, well, good thing we waited. When you saw that, what did you think it was? Probably something about the uniforms, honestly. But. <laughs> Uh, once, once I saw it, I was like, all right, well, glad we waited because that it's a completely different matchup now. Glad we didn't waste two hours previewing a game with Mike White because with Zach Wilson under center, it looks a lot different. So Michael, let's, let's go back. Yeah. When you first saw the news, how did you take it? I don't think you posted anything on Twitter. People want to know what, what Mike Winani is feeling. I think they already know, but let's just hear it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I felt probably more distraught from this news than, any of their losses this year. I, I'm being completely honest. That was my initial reaction, but um, I've processed Seriously? it a little bit. Yeah, I'm being completely that, honest. Man. Come on, that's lame. You, really? More, you, you felt worse so? about this? Wait, go back. Right, you felt listen, worse about this? The more so than just because I loss? feel like I've taken the losses well this year. I haven't, like, I even have some of my reactions recorded. I've not been flipping out after losses this year. I've been taking it professionally are you fucking serious some... you want me to pull up the receipts some of the texts i've gotten from you in game and post game this season in wins too so earlier earlier in games by the end of the game i, I kind of cooled down by the end of the game take it well i don't know i i definitely was frustrated but i'm gonna be optimistic here i'm gonna hope for the best i'm gonna root for zach and we're gonna go make the playoffs here but definitely was frustrating to hear the news at first yeah it is a little curious Mike White cleared to go back into the game. 
uh, I would imagine the in-game x-rays didn't show, um, you know, didn't show a broken rib. And then uh, either he went out there and made it worse or the more extensive x-rays were able to show like the smaller fractures. It kind of sounds like he has a bunch of little mini fractures in the same area and they're worried about if he gets hit, it'll break, you know, it could puncture something internally or put him out for even longer. So it does sound like it's the right move to sit him. Um, but now it leaves the Jets in the precarious situation of, of having their season and their playoff hopes rest on the shoulders of Zach Wilson benched a month ago, hit the reset button for a few weeks. Now he's back. Do we, do we think he can even get close to fixing some of his issues in this, this short time off? What do you, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm skeptical, uh, skeptical to be completely honest, because like you just said, it's, it's only been three weeks here that he's been off. I mean, is that enough time to fix your throwing mechanics, to get your head cleared, especially because this is not a, you know, easy situation you're walking back into here. This is as high pressure as it can get, you know, you get benched and Mike White comes in and, you know, granted the team only went one and two, but he's playing really well. And the whole team got behind him. The fan base got behind him. And now you come in here at the playoff hopes resting on your shoulders at home in front of a crowd that is not going to be patient. Let's be honest. He's going to hear it. If they go three and out on the first drive, I think MetLife stadium is, gonna let him hear that so i'll, I'll keep the boost to myself at least i, I definitely I, I know you will but a lot of fans there i'm, I'm sure won't yeah um so it, it's a high pressure situation and that's kind of what he struggled with the most i mean you know what is he who's he plays worst football against it's the patriots you know those rivalry games the you know the patriots game at home this year like that big jets game this is the biggest jets the, game the in bills years. game was a big moment he played well you know, the on. bills game but i mean i guess what i'd say is different about that is that the expectations were lower for that game, you know, because they're big underdogs. They just lost to the Patriots. Like everyone was down on them at that point. Or although I guess maybe that is similar to now, where you know no one's expecting anything. Everyone's kind of down on them, and so maybe he will rise up in this game like he did in that Bills game. So um, I, I have my doubts because I don't know if three weeks is enough to fix some of the things that he's been struggling with. I feel like it might take a whole off season to you know, really hone in on those mechanics, figure out what's wrong and take months hammering that down. Uh, and then mentally just kind of get the head cleared and really just reset going into a season. So I am skeptical, but at the same time, you know, he's, you know, he's had moments this year. The Pittsburgh comeback was great. I think the Dolphins game was an underrated, very sharp performance. Um, so it's not like he's never done any, anything this year. So, um, and they have won games with him. So they can win with him, and they can make the playoffs, and he is capable of turning around. But with all that being said, does he you know, have the chances? The Jets' chances of winning this game, making the playoffs, gone down with him versus Mike White? I think they have, but that's also not to say that it's impossible for them to win right. uh, Let's, this game or make the playoffs with him. We're obviously going to spend a lot of time talking about Zach, and so we'll circle back to him. You mentioned playoffs. Let's break down some scenarios. And I know last time we did this, you know, it was a little convoluted to go through all these different scenarios and break it down. Let's let's do a little brief breakdown of the picture. You, you've done all the, the legwork on this, Michael, breaking down all the probabilities. Let's do that. And then I have a simpler way of breaking it down, but we'll start with this. So, Michael, what do the Jets need to do? Or what's, what's the best case scenario for them this weekend? And what do they need to do um, to make the playoffs? Well, I think if you're looking at the big picture here over the last four weeks, I think the bottom line is that you have to get ahead of 
two out of the three teams are competing against Miami, the Chargers, and the Patriots. And, you know, there are other miracle scenarios with the Ravens and Bengals maybe collapsing. You get ahead of one of them, but that's probably not happening. So realistically, you got to get ahead of two out of those three teams. And for that to happen, Patriots, we know you have to get ahead of them outright. That's obvious because the Pats have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, Dolphins is most likely going to come down to that last game because unless the Jets can... Uh, I guess we're getting to the complicated de- details here, but most likely that comes out, comes down to the last game unless the Jets really collapse over the next few weeks here. And then well, the, the best way to look at that Dolphins game yeah. is if the Dolphins lose this Sunday against the Bills... And this would apply the next. I know they play the the Packers the week after that and and whatnot. But let's just say they lose to the Bills. That game's in Buffalo, right? Yeah, it's in Buffalo. So you're hoping that's a loss. If that's a loss, I think the Jets should. It comes down to the Jags game, honestly, but should at least have the win in in, in Week 18. Because if they go, you know, if they go four and zero, they'll make the playoffs. If they go three and one, but one, that loss is either to Detroit this Sunday or Seattle a few weeks from now they would still get in as long as the Dolphins lose this Sunday. Because if they're a game behind the Dolphins and they beat them week 18, they'll match them and they have the tiebreaker. So that's why this Lions game with Zach is a little scary. But the Lions and Seahawks games, they're not expendable. But if they lose one, it's not the end of the world. It's really the Jags and, and the Dolphins games that are, that are the most important. And then taking one of those NFC games. Right, yeah. I think that's a good way to put it because um, like, obviously you want to have both of those games in a best case scenario but if you're going to lose one game you definitely want it to be one of those two games in the nfc because the tiebreakers are just going to be so important here with the chargers potentially looming as a tiebreaker team uh it's going to be very important to have those afc wins Uh, and then obviously the dolphins speaks for itself because if you lose that game you're not passing the dolphins and you have to get ahead of both the patriots and the chargers somehow so Beating the Dolphins puts you ahead of one team right there, most likely, unless the Jets, again, collapse here the next three weeks. Probably won't matter anyway then at that point. Um, So that game right there determines one team, and then you just got to find a way to get ahead of uh, the Pats and the Chargers. And then in the case of the Chargers, that conference record is what matters. So basically the Jets lose one fewer conference game than the Chargers over the next four games. They will win the tiebreaker. Because if they tie in conference record, then it goes down to common games, which the Jets would win in that scenario. So All right. that's the goal. Lose one fewer conference game than the Chargers. That's why the conference games matters more. If you're going to lose, lose to the Lions or the Seahawks. And I will say, I know the Bengals have looked very good as of late, but they have a really tough schedule down the stretch here. They got the Buccaneers this weekend, who I know have not been great, and they probably should win that game. But they're on the road, and the Bucs are, you know, in the, the mix of things for to win the NFC South, fighting for playoffs. It's Tom Brady. You never know. Then they got the Patriots in Gillette, the Bills, and the Ravens. So if the if the Bengals go one and three, the Jets should make it as well. So not that that well, is. I mean, if, if they go one and three, the Jets would have to go four and zero to pass them because the Bengals have the the head to head. Can they go three and one? If they go three and one, no, the, uh, you're if the, the Jets went three and one. They they would because the Bengals are nine oh, and nine four nine right now. Four, so yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, the Jets if they lost four zero. Yeah, if they tie with the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals get right. the tie. Right. I see what so. you're saying. Okay, so if that happens, the Jets would have to run the table. Regardless of the Jets right. want to run the table, they should be in. Uh, here's the the simple way of breaking it down. I, I thought this would be easy. 
let's build the perfect parlay for the Jets weekend, right? Let's just let's pick all the games this weekend that who we want to win, and not just the the playoff scenarios. We have a few other ones in here, and we're gonna build it right here. I'll put a little five dollars on it. See uh, see how it's going, but really the the big game is is the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, all right, let's let's start. Obviously, you want the Jets to win. All right, we'll put that in. They are still the favorite. Yeah, they're still the favorite on DraftKings. All right, here we go. Um, the Bills. You want the Bills to beat the Dolphins. So Jets, Bills, Ravens, Browns. Browns. You want the Browns to beat the Ravens. Maybe with Lamar Jackson's injury, the Ravens could drop a few games and make it interesting. Um, what are some of the other ones? Uh, you you said you want the Chiefs to beat the Texans because yeah. you want the yeah. – I mean, that, that should definitely happen, but uh, you want the Bills to not have the – uh, number one seed clinched when they play New England week 18. Right, yeah. Um, so I'd root for the Chiefs these next few weeks because Buffalo plays New England in that last game. We don't want the Bills to have the one seed clinched by then and potentially rest their starters against the Patriots. So I would add the Chiefs over the next few weeks. All right, Raiders over Patriots. Josh McDaniels playing as his mentor in Las Vegas. I think the Raiders are the favorites. So hopefully that – I mean, that would be a big one if, if the Raiders can really help the Jets out there. Titans Chargers. Um, this is probably the best chance the Chargers have of losing, unless they fumble one to the to the Rams or something like that. Um, but obviously, Titans over Chargers, Bucks over Bengals. We already talked about that one. I'll say Packers over Rams, and here's why: the Packers, if they beat the Rams and the Jets beat the Lions, they're in prime position to make the playoffs, and they play the Dolphins the next week. So maybe they can help the Jets out by beating the Dolphins. They'll be on the road, but it'll be Rogers December playoffs on the line you know you never know and it's matt lafleur versus uh mike mcdaniel uh similar system so but if the if the packers lose uh you're probably seeing jordan love packers will be out of it you know different set of circumstances and i don't trust the packers to win that game so i'll say packers beating the rams we'll throw that one in there that's the monday night yeah, game. that's a good one because i know aaron Rodgers said i think he wants to play till they're mathematically out i don't know if they would be technically after they lose if they lose this week, but you know, for all intents and purposes, they would be out. So that that is a good savvy pick to put in there because just looking ahead, hopefully Rodgers can play against the Dolphins on Christmas. All right, that's eight picks and Jets over Lions, Bills over Dolphins, Browns over Ravens, Chiefs over Texans, Raiders over Patriots, Titans over Chargers, Bucks over Bengals, and Packers over Rams. That's almost seven, a plus seven thousand. Totally not complicated at all. Totally Hopefully not complicated all at all. That was way easier than only half the league. That's it. If you put five bucks on that, uh, you'd win three hundred fifty dollars. So that's that. I'll place that parlay. They probably won't hit, but if the Jets get everything to break their way, that would be fantastic. All right. Is there anything else in the playoffs that we want to talk about? I mean, I think we we've, we've kind of touched on it, um, but obviously a win this Sunday would be nice. But even if they go out there and Zach Wilson doesn't play well and they lose, you know, you better hope Mike White heals up those ribs in time for Thursday night football because the Jets will then be in that position where it's like we have to win out. And if we win out, uh, we can make the playoffs, assuming the Dolphins lose the Bills, which is no sure thing. But um, I do like the chances of, of them losing that game. So I guess that's it for playoffs, Michael. Um, what are some of the other pieces of news? Yes, Will Parks was cut. It does sound like it was a bit of roster gymnastics, so maybe by the time you're listening to this, he's already back on the team, and that joke won't play. Um, but, yeah, I can't imagine they'd be getting rid of him full-time. Uh, great special teamer. They put him in at, at, at linebacker at times, and they're in their big nickel packages. Um, valuable guy. Um, Quinnen 
did not practice all week. Salah said it's there's still a chance. It's 50-50 for the D-lineman, D but I would say he's not going to play. And I don't think – I mean, you know, I don't know anything, but I don't think he plays against the Jags either. I bet you we don't see Quinnen until Seattle, and maybe that's Quinnen and Mike White both coming back. Corey Davis also out, and that's a big one because we know that that's Zach's uh, favorite receiver. It'll be interesting to see how Zach's chemistry is with Elijah Moore. Now that Elijah's back kind of involved in the offense, we've kind of seen what he looks like when he's when he's producing. Uh, I do wonder if, if Zach's able to get that chemistry going, and he's going to have to with, with Corey Davis out. I think that's pretty much all the news from this week. Um, I guess we'll just hop right into the game. Oh, do you have any thoughts from, from the last game? I mean, obviously – Mike White's not going to play, but against the Bills, is there any, uh, you know, that you went back, watched the film. Is there anything about Mike White's performance or any of the other guys on the team that stood out to you in a good or bad way? Um, I think, I mean, guess to, I guess we'll briefly speak about Mike White, despite the fact that he's not playing this week. Um, oh, he's still on the team. I thought he's really, yeah, he's still on the team. That he might true. be the quarterback for playoffs, Michael. You know, we got, we got to talk about him still. Still hundred percent true. Um, yeah, I think it was another very good game from him. Just, uh, it was it was the type of game where I feel like the quarterback had to do a lot for the offense to move the ball because um, protection was obviously not very good. We know that um, the separation wasn't great. Um, the blitzes that the Bills were dialing dialing up were very effective. Uh, so he had to make tight throws down the field consistently, often on third and long. The run game also wasn't good to create some of those third and longs. Uh, and he just made big time throw after big time throw um, to keep the Jets moving and give them a chance and you know did they win no did they put up points no but i think there are many reasons above mike white why those things didn't happen yeah you know, like some of the ones i just mentioned um and without him playing as good as he did i'm not sure they would have scored at all so and then now you add in the fact that we know he's playing through fractured ribs and it just adds even more to how impressive his performance was so i was really impressed with him and uh, i guess this is another subject we'll get into later but um i love the way he played through three games and i think it's still his job so i mean yeah like i said I, we'll probably discuss that more but uh yeah how do you, i really like how he played how do you handle that if if we're getting to the yeah. hypotheticals here let's say white's out the next two games so it's going to be the zach wilson show against the, the lions and the jags zach wilson goes out there and wins both those games and plays reasonably well let's not say that he's going to go out there and look like patrick mahomes but let's say we get you know like a dolphins type game you know, kind of run game, but manages the game and the Jets win in dominant fashion against the Lions. And let's say against the Jags, he looks like he did against the Jags last year, you know, a, a good game and he, and they win. Do you think uh, they turn back to white? I think they probably do. Right. But, it, but it's tough yeah. because if you have back to back, it's, it's easy to say that now, but if you think about it, if the Jets go out there and win two games with, with Zach Wilson, and then they're entering that Seahawks game, playoffs look a lot more likely number two pick, maybe he has some momentum. Is there any thought in your head about keeping him in there? Obviously, we have to see it, and this is a hypothetical. But do you think that regardless of what happens with Zach, it's 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 the Mike White show? Yeah, it is hard to kind of sit here and discuss it because there's so many factors to it that we got to kind of see play out. But I think for me, I guess the basic way I would describe it is unless he's great, not good, I'd probably go back to to Mike White. Um, because, you know, even if they win both games and he's okay or solid like he was against, um, you know, the Dolphins or maybe some of his late games last year, like, I still think Mike White was well beyond that. Like, he was playing really, really good. So, um, What's great? What's great for Zach Wilson? Um, I guess, like, in terms of numbers, 
or yeah. maybe like a previous game he had. Um, or just any, like, I mean, just, just what, you know, what is that line for you to be like, all right, Zach, you can play the last well, two games. I guess like including for me, that I, one against Miami, which will be for playoffs. Yeah. I guess I compare it to, you know, what Mike White was doing these past three games. Cause for me, like, I think Mike White went beyond what we thought he was going to be like just game managing, capitalizing on easy stuff. Like he was really elevating the team at times with some of the throws he was making and the way he was handling the pressure. Um, you know, I don't know if the last two games would have been close without him playing to the level that he did. So to me, that's what I think I'm comparing it to because I think we know Mike White can take advantage of good circumstances and keep you in the game. If the defense is playing well, the offense is playing well, all that stuff. Um, so if Zach is just doing that, not really doing much beyond it, I think you go back to Mike White because I feel confident he could do that and add to it. But if Zach Wilson is, you know, like really playing up to his his ceiling as a number two pick and he's making plays outside the pocket, um, creating his own offense, you know, he's scrambling using his legs, he's throwing down the field and, you know, finding ways to elevate the team, then then I'd consider it. And obviously if they win those games as well, because if he has the momentum going and he's also matching some of the ceiling that I think White showed, um, then you could roll with it. But like they're just winning games and he's okay, then I think you go back to White because just the way he was playing was really um, exciting to me. I think it kind of raised the ceiling of what the Jet, what the Jets were capable of um, with his ability to hit some of those tight window throws and handle pressure and go through progressions so quickly. So for me, I have I want to see Wilson play great if I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I mean it's there is a there is a scenario here, and it would be a great problem for the Jets to have. But two bad defenses and the Lions and the Jags, and look, I mean they have their players, and and the the Lions are hot right now, and the Jags, you know, they play too. Um, I might regret that statement if they come out and beat us. But okay, two two bad defenses. Zach Wilson, let's say he goes out there and he has two of the best games of his career, right? Which isn't necessarily out of the the ballpark. I mean he's are out of the realm of possibility. He's had three weeks to sit. He's already lost his job. I like the way he described uh, how he's approaching this game mentally. He's like, the worst that could happen to me has already happened to me. Um, so I'm just going to go out there and try to have fun and, and play loose. Um, so maybe he comes out there, he plays loose, bad defenses. You know, he has the only bad defense he's really played all year is what? The, the Steelers? And that was maybe yeah, probably I guess his best. The Packers are a pretty low ranked team. Yeah, I but I mean, they're secondary. Miami's have, defense is not good. That's okay, but um, that's different though. The Packers, I mean, the Packers have Jerry Alexander. I mean, they have players. It's like the Lions have Aiden Hutchinson and you know Ramirez and Okuda. They have like a few guys, but I just feels like the Lions and Jags are two teams that it's possible. I'm not saying this will happen. Obviously, we're hoping for this to happen, but let's just say he goes out there and he plays well and he has two 300 yard games where the Jets win. I still don't even know if I'm more confident in him the last two games of the season, especially that Miami game, than I would be with Mike White. Because Mike, what Mike White was doing was against, you know, I, the Bears are bad defense, but two of the top teams in the NFL going into Buffalo, the toughness that he showed, and then going into Minnesota. And, and obviously Minnesota on paper didn't have a good defense, but they played a hell of a game. And all those high-level tight window throws, Right. it's like it would really, like you said, I think it would really take some high-level quarterbacking. Not yeah. even Zach running the offense – and moving him up and down the field and, and they score for me to feel like he gives them the best chance to win. I think it would really take two big performances from Zach to feel that yeah, way. Even I, if I they agree. win and he plays well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it goes beyond like what just the numbers are because you know even Mike White the last two games if you just looked at his numbers in some ways because obviously he had total passing yards or whatever but you know he didn't have the passing touchdowns or the points or the passer rating or any of that stuff so regardless of what his stats are you just you watch Mike White these last two games you're like this guy is lifting the team up right now and that's what was really exciting so if Zach Wilson's able to do the same thing the next two weeks even if it is against the Lions and Jags and, and these they're playing better recently both both of these defenses and teams overall. Um, so if he's able to do that, you watch him and you're like, okay, he's finally hitting his groove. He's making big throws. Uh, he's coming through on third and long. He's hitting tight window completions. He's throwing deep passes. He's handling the pressure well. All this stuff where you're lifting the offense and lifting the team. Then I think you could say, all right, let's, let's ride it. You know, Because then you're kind of matching what Mike White was doing. And he also has more Zach Wilson has more perceived upside as a second overall pick, younger guy, more physical traits. Then they're kind of on the same plane. But um, like we said, like they're just winning and he runs the offense, whatever, but there isn't a lot of uh, special stuff to it when you're just watching it. Then I think Mike White still has the edge because of how good that body of work was that he gave you over the three games he played, especially like you said, with the Vikings game on the road, 10 win team, uh, despite not being a great defense, they did cover very well in that game. And then going in Buffalo in that weather against that defense and with the hits he was taking, he won huge points for me in that game. So, uh, yeah, I'm leading Mike White. I think it's a pretty high bar for Zach Wilson to secure that job once uh, White is ready. Now, while on paper, you know, I just said Lions aren't a good defense, I think this is a perfect test for Zach Wilson because the Lions are good at what Zach Wilson is not. Lions right. have, have been great against the quick passing game. They play a lot of cover one. I'll let you break this down um, in a second. But it's kind of the perfect opportunity for Zach to play a bad team that does the things that he struggled with. And so maybe he can kind of build some of that momentum so that when he plays a good team that does these same things like New England, maybe he's a little bit better off. Uh, how, how do the Lions uh, match up uh, for Zach Wilson in your eyes? Yeah, it's an interesting matchup because of you know exactly what you said. It's you know talent-wise and in terms of how they've how they've produced this year, it obviously hasn't been a, a good defense. You know they're 32nd in scoring right now. I think they're 24th in DVOA on defense. So you know not a good defense, but the way they play is suited to stop Zach Wilson. They do the things that he struggled against, and you know this year it's been man coverage. It's been cover one specifically that really has caused him a lot of problems, uh, particularly in those two, two Patriots games. And the Lions do, they do a lot of similar things to what the Patriots do. Very similar numbers in terms of the coverages and types of schemes that they run. Um, they're a very high man coverage team, high cover one team. And those are things you look at Zach Wilson's numbers and he's been really bad against those particular splits. Whereas, you know, against zone coverage, against other types of schemes besides cover one, he's been, Still subpar, but not quite as much as against those other things. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting because they are, you know, I think you're going to see a defense that looks like the Patriots, but also it's not as talented. So it's an opportunity for him to see those things, but also build some build some confidence against it, um, considering it's, you know, it, not as much talent as the Patriots might throw at you or, you know, as solid coaching as Belichick may have established. Um and then another thing the Lions do. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't, don't shit on former Jet Aaron Glenn, who's the That's defensive true. coordinator for the Lions. That's true. But, hey, lots to prove here. I still see a 31 in that scoring ranking. So 
Got to get that up. Um, but another thing the Bills or the Bills, the Lions like to do is blitz heavy, like six plus rusher blitzes. They use a lot of those. Um, oh, over eleven per, over eleven percent of their snaps, they uh, send at least six rushers. The league average is only about six percent, so they do it um, almost twice as frequently as the average team. Sounds Zach perfect Wilson, for Zach. <laughs> perfect for Zach Wilson. He's only uh, four for eleven with three sacks. And a 19 <laughs> passer rating against those blitzes this season. So he's had a lot of trouble with those all-out blitzes. And the Lions do utilize those quite frequently. So, yeah, that, that's what makes us so interesting. Because it's very easy to look at the Lions and say, perfect, you're at home against a bad defense here. Great way to come back. But then you look at the way the Lions play and you're like, uh, this kind of is just like the Patriots here. Just obviously less talented. So we'll see if he can take advantage of that and maybe um, start to work on some of these weaknesses by exploiting a lesser talented version of some of the things that have exploited them this year. And Mina Kimes had a really great, uh, great tweet where she kind of noted a lot of what you're saying, where she was saying, you know, obviously the formula for a good game for Zach Wilson has been that quick passing attack. And she right. uh, had the numbers. She was like, since week nine, they, the Lions rank first in EPA per play first in QBR and first in yards per attempt. And like you said, it's it's this isn't a matchup that, that was against that was against quick throws, right? Yeah, sorry, against against yeah. throws under two and a half seconds. My bad. Um, yeah, so that's tough. Yeah, on paper, this line's defense doesn't look that good, but then when you dig into the matchup, I mean, because we've had some of those, it's like, oh, this team looks good, but we get dig into the matchup and we we like how the Jets match up against them. This is kind of the opposite, and the same goes for for the Jets defense versus the Lions offense. We'll get to that in yeah. a second. What do you think? the Lions will try to do to Zach. I mean, do you think it's just going to be from the gates, just start sending hell at him, try to confuse him, send as many blitzes as possible? Yeah, I, I think so. And really, it's interesting with Zach Wilson, all the defenses he faced kind of uh, follow the same formula. Even teams that don't typically use a lot of cover one and man coverage have kind of boosted it and played more when they faced him because it's kind of been an established formula that's worked ever since last year. And he hasn't proven that it doesn't work yet. He hasn't forced teams out of it. So um, I think from Zach Wilson's perspective, I think this is the game to kind of play loose and really pull that trigger in this game because um, teams are, this is another team that's going to play that way. They're going to have a single high safety. They're going to play man against you. They're going to blitz you a lot and they're going to challenge you. They're going to say, we don't think you can beat us. Prove to us that you can. And I think he's just got to, like he said in that press conference, he said the word, you brought it up. Um, you know, the worst has happened already. And, you know, he's just going to let loose and have fun out there. And I, I like that mentality. I think that's what he's going to have to do uh, to play well in this one. Because you even look at that last game he played against the Patriots. Um, the deep shots were there. There were open opportunities to air that ball out. And I know it wasn't the most favorable conditions, but, you know, you look at the Denzel Mims post route that was wide open. He didn't throw. Uh, there's the Garrett Wilson that he could have. And that one was tougher because there was some pressure, but it was open. He could have anticipated that. That was a deep shot he missed. Um, so the Jets were dialing up some shots for him in that last Patriots game to exploit this kind of coverage. But uh, he just didn't have the confidence at that point to take them. So it seemed like he was still in that mindset of, I'm not going to lose this game. I'm not going to make that big mistake. Um, so maybe now this back against the wall. Everyone against him. The worst has already happened. He's been benched. You're playing another defense like this that's going to man up and 
give you those shots. Maybe now this is when he just gets out there and pulls the trigger like he did at BYU, and he was just throwing dimes down the field with full confidence play after play. So um, so maybe the, maybe this is the right circumstances for him to be the quarterback he was destined to be. And I think he has to try and be that kind of quarterback if he's going to succeed in this game. I don't know if, especially because the numbers you brought up with that great tweet, I think it's, you know, the, I don't know if the Bills strategy, you know, from that win is going to work in this game. Yeah. I think it's got to be aggressive. Yeah, it's it's the way the Lions play is intimidating, but there's a weakness to it. And I will say, right. obviously, Zach Wilson was not good this season. He had his moments, but he wasn't good. But I do think that the last game that he played, I think, is skewing how some people see him. I do. I don't think it's impossible for him to go out there and have a good game. And I think that the best example to look at is the first half of that Patriots game, of the first game that they lost. And he, I, you know, he still threw an interception right at the end of the half or whatever. But right before that interception, up until that point, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is the best we've, we've seen Zach Wilson look. And Michael Floor even said that was the best half of football that he's played as a New York Jet. Same Patriots defense, obviously Bill Belichick getting after him. But what was Zach Wilson doing differently? He was playing loose. He was playing freely. Like you said, he, he wasn't playing with hesitation. He wasn't playing not to lose. And up until that interception, he had taken care of the ball. Obviously, the wheels came off in the second half. And then the second game, he, he played way too scared. Um, but in that first game, you saw a deep shot to Garrett Wilson. You, shot, you saw him throwing up the seams to the tight end. You saw him going through reads. The throw that he made to Conklin uh, in the red zone for the touchdown was money. So that is the type of game plan I think you're going to see from the Jets. Like you said, I do think they're going to try to throw deep down the field uh, a number of times. The problems come if, if your O-line can't hold up. But the one thing that Zach Wilson does bring that Mike White doesn't is that mobility and that ability to keep players alive. Obviously, it got him in trouble at times, many times this year. But it, you're hoping that watching Mike White be in his exact same shoes and run this offense and the importance of playing within rhythm and, and going through his progressions and, and staying in the pocket. You're hoping it's only been a few weeks that some of that rubbed off on him. And then he can also bring that ability to when there is an open rusher flying up the middle and Mike White would probably just take the sack. Zach can make that guy miss and either run for yards, throw it away, or maybe somebody breaks loose. Maybe we'll finally see that improvisational ability turn into something big for the jets, but it is an intriguing matchup because it's, as we said, it's, it, they do everything that he struggled against, but they're still not a good defense. So it's a good test for him. And if he can't do it against this lion's defense, you know, the concerns are still there. And I think they're, they're trying to wheel Mike white out there on Thursday night as, as fast as possible. You know, they might have to, uh, get a, a a fake doctor to clear him but if, if, if yeah. zach wilson goes out there and uh and loses this lions game as we said it, it it won't sink the season if if the bills beat the dolphins they'll still be in that all right win three straight you're in the playoffs mode but it'll be all right we we need mike white so and he also it's like oh i don't know if i want to see the trevor lawrence for zach wilson prime time if, if wilson goes out there and loses on sunday but we'll see uh i think i'm a little more optimistic than you surprised but I'm not setting my, um, you know, sights on Zach Wilson having a 300-yard game. I'm just – I think that he can have the type of game that he had against the, the Dolphins uh, earlier this season where it's just like run the ball with Bam Knight, play great defense. You have to throw it down the field so it'll look a little different. You know, you want to see some of the elements you saw from that first Pats game, but just control the game. You know, don't be timid, but just don't lose the game for the Jets. And I think – Finding that line has been tough, 
for Zach, and, and hopefully we get to see that. What do you think um, – is there anything in particular Zach needs to do? Obviously, the we talked about he has to throw with anticipation, he has to play loose, but do you want to see him use his legs more? Do you, do you want to see him scramble against this Lions defense? We saw what Justin Fields did to them. Um, is there anything in particular that after the break you're hoping Zach Wilson comes back and, and shows? Uh, I think anticipation you brought up, that's a really good one. And and he has shown flashes of that this year. There are some good anticipation throws, especially on that Pittsburgh film. Um, so that's something I would like to see improve because it's something Mike White did really well. And I think it unlocked some facets of this offense that weren't there previously um, with his ability to just uncork passes before receivers were making their breaks. I think it allowed him to especially on outbreaking throws, like out routes, look at this Bills game, how many times he hit Garrett Wilson across the field from the opposite hash. Uh, I think four times on third down he hit Garrett Wilson, one of those. So uh, he's bringing new dimensions with the anticipation. So I would like to see um, like to see Zach show, show some of that as well. Um, I just want to see him be more confident pulling the trigger. It, see, it seems like he had to really be – a hundred percent confident something was wide open to throw the ball on his reads this year because like there are just plays where he should be able to see like the Mims play against New England is what comes to mind the most for me because that should be easy money. That should be six and you should win that game off of that by itself. Which, which but, one exactly? Um, most listeners don't have the uh photographic memory that you do, Michael. Yeah, it was when uh you know, and I'll Mims also ran ask a post. Myself, if I'm being honest. Yeah, do you remember <laughs> Mims ran that post and he was wide open, um, and he passed on it and he scrambled. Oh That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays like that. I just want to see him Is pull that, that trigger. And like, obviously, we want to see him protect the ball, hundred percent. And I think you can be aggressive and protect the ball at the same time. Mike White has shown how you can do that because when you're decisive and confident, I think you could get it through tight windows. And even if you are being aggressive, maybe even borderline reckless. Um, when you're confident and decisive, especially when you have the velocity Zach Wilson has, which probably is an advantage over Mike White, um, you can get those throws into any window you want. It's, it's really just the, you know, frankly, the stupid interceptions that Zach Wilson has to get rid of because most of his interceptions are avoidable, especially the, um, the latter two of that first Patriots game. Um, so most of his interceptions are just those simple ones that you could throw away, but you could still play aggressive within the structure of the offense um, and protect the ball at the same time if you're decisive. Um, and this is something Robbie Sabo has said when talking about Zach Wilson, but sometimes when you're playing to avoid turnovers, it makes you more likely to turn it over because your indecisiveness leads to hesitancy and you know that will cause inaccuracy. It will cause you to be late, and that's when the turnovers happen. So when you're decisive and aggressive, I think the turnovers will be limited, and you'll also – get more out of your arm talent. So just decisiveness yeah. and aggression aggression within the structure is what I would say I want to see the most. How much do you think they run the ball in this one? I mean, on the surface, you'd say, let this be the Bam Knight game, but the Lions did a hell of a job with Dalvin Cook last week. How do yeah. you see the, the run-pass balance shaping up in this one? Yeah, like you brought that up. Uh, only, I think the Vikings had 22 rushing yards last week. So, on 15 um, carries. Yeah, the Lions have... Turned up that run defense recently. Uh, they played the Jaguars the game before that and held them under 100. But on the season, I'm looking at the Lions' run defense numbers. Still 29th in yards per carry at uh, 5.0, which is a pretty bad number. Um, Justin Fields definitely racked it up in one game. 
Um, but earlier in the season, they got run on by a few other teams. So I still think that run defense is an enticing matchup for the Jets. And it, it's just how they won games this year. Pretty much all their wins. Um, and that's both, you know, with Brees Hall and post Brees Hall. Um, running the football is a big part of every win they've had this year for the most part. And it, that's just their formula. I think that's how they want to play. So Bam Knight's been awesome recently, just breaking tackles. And I would lean into that. And, you know, we'll see how the game flow plays out because the Lions are uh, an elite offense. And there is a, an, a potential to where, you know, you have to get in a shootout with them and keep up with them. So you, you know, have to pass the ball to keep up with them. But at the same time, I think you trust your defense to keep you in the game. Uh, like, like we saw in the Bills victory, um, Jets were down 14-3 in that one. But they stuck with the run game and eventually it paid off later on. Uh, because the defense kept them in the game and allowed the Jets to feel like they didn't have to panic and get into catch-up mode to stay in the game. So uh, I would like to see them stay at the run game this one. That's not to say um, don't let Zach Wilson try to get some confidence going, but a, a good balance would be key here because I think you can run the ball on this Lions defense. And, and Bam Knight has really been cooking recently, so I'd like to see him get some touches. Let's talk about some matchups in the offensive side of the ball. Which, which what are some of them that stand out to you? Because um, as as daunting as this might seem for Zach Wilson, I will say I love the opportunity for Garrett Wilson in this one to to have a big one. Yeah, it's a great Garrett Wilson matchup. Lines have given up the most receiving yards per game to number one receivers this year, about ninety two a game. So it's they've been susceptible to that. Their cornerback unit is. Very poor. It's probably the worst in the league. They've given up the most yards per cover snap by a wide, wide margin of any quarterback unit. So uh, very susceptible on the outside. So no Corey Davis, but uh, this is a cornerback unit you could beat up on. Uh, so I like Garrett Wilson in this one, and we'll see how the Lions cover him. Maybe he demands some respect this week. You know, Maybe they bracket him, find ways to take him out of the game plan. Uh, but I'm looking for that Elijah Moore breakout game. I've been waiting and waiting, and you know, we had the six, I think six for 60 this last game, something like that. Um, so it was his first, it was his first solid overall. I know he had the Bears game, but like consistently involved game in a while. But I'm looking for a game like he had against the Dolphins last year, and he really is the focal point of the offense because I think Garrett Wilson's going to be keyed in on in this game with Corey Davis out. And Elijah Moore is going to get some man-to-man matchups against a very weak cornerback unit. So let's see if he can get cooking. Um, it's about time. Um, and the Jets really need it at this point. So um, I like Elijah Moore. I think this could be the game that we've been waiting for. When they go 12 personnel and they just have two receivers, with with Davis out, with Barrios' struggles, with some of Mims' struggles, do you think we see some 12 personnel where it's Moore and Wilson as the two receivers? Yeah, I think we could see that, and you know, it's it's very interesting how they manage some of those other receivers because Barrios has struggled. I've I've been vocal about that. I wrote an article about that, um, and we all know, you know, he's had some opportunities in the red zone he couldn't come up with the past couple of weeks. But Corey Davis is out. Someone has to get snaps. Denzel Mims has been struggling. You know, he hasn't been great in contested situations. Uh, there was one route last week where he's kind of jogging on it, and then Mike White targeted him. And he lost the contested catch. So he, he hasn't had the best, you know, production when he's been in there either. So, yeah, maybe they do 
run some, you know, they have that 12 personnel. Just stick with Wilson and Moore. Forget the run blocking. Um, just get your best talent on the field. Uh, and I speaking guess, of the tight ends. Yeah, sorry, but I guess the yeah. only issue with that is that neither of them have really played the Z that much, meaning that right. they Elijah Moore started the season as the X receiver, Garrett Wilson was the slot, and then they flipped them. So neither of them have had to be that Z, that Corey Davis role. We see Mim slide into it. But I do feel like if you're going to put your best offense out there, I do think you can make right. an argument for it being 12 personnel in this one, especially with how much you said like the Lions are going to try to blitz Zach and send six-plus rushers. Having the tight ends in there will help the passing game. It's like I want to see that package with your two best receivers and more Wilson. Sorry, you're going to say yeah, something about the tight ends? I- yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a good idea. And in terms of the tight ends, I feel like Tyler Conklin's got to be more involved in this passing yes. game. And and by Definitely. that, I mean, like, like running routes, being a focal point, because red like zone. all he really does, yeah, red zone, I feel like all he does is kind of run, you know, block and release or in the flat, being a safety blanket. Like, this guy can run routes. He can beat linebackers and safeties. He's got really good um, short area quickness. He's just sharp at, with his breaks. Um, you saw in that first Patriots game, like two very nice red zone touchdowns where they're self-created with a great route. Um, so I want to see a lot more of him. I feel like in the red zone, he just doesn't really get the opportunities that he should, especially Corey Davis is out. Um, we're trying to help Zach Wilson um, ease in here, give him a bigger target, a reliable underneath target. So he's I got want that jump ball ability. He's got that jump ball ability. I want to see Conklin get more opportunities yeah. to run routes and be a primary read and just be isolated against defenders because he can win. He can create offense and I want to see some more of it. Yeah. Conklin really is. I mean, the, the jets need somebody else on offense to step up behind Garrett Wilson and behind uh, Bam Knight. They need another receiving option out there because a defense, a good defense is going to be able to take away your best uh, receiver. Uh, and I, they're going to key in on Garrett Wilson and then you're going to have to find somebody else. And while we'd hope that would be Elijah Moore, um, yeah, getting the tight ends involved would be a, a fantastic idea. Um, I guess – oh, one more matchup I do want to talk about. Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Dwayne Brown, youth versus experience. How do you how do you like that one? How do you how do you see that one shaping out? That's an interesting matchup for sure. Um, Hutchinson plays on that right side, so he should – get some of Dwayne Brown. Uh, Another interesting guy, actually, for the Lions, kind of a recent breakout star for them, Um, James Houston, undrafted free agent. He's kind of their version of Bryce Huff. You know, situational pass rusher, only plays, you know, like the passing situations. He's got four sacks in three games. He's got some crazy reps on film already. Um, Basically, the Lions, Bryce Huff. He also will play on that right side against Dwayne Brown in those past situations. So um, he's another guy to look out for. So the Lions defense recently is still not been great, but I guess not as bad as it was early in the season. So, uh, so they are capable of being a little more competent than uh, maybe given credit for. And Houston's a part of that. So watch out for him in those passing situations. Yeah. Going back and watching that bills game, it didn't really seem like guys were getting Speed as much as it was like miscommunication, and and the floor had talked about unscouted uh, pressure looks in their play action game. And that's really kind of what screwed them. Um, so the O line is going to be big in this one, like you said. How much Detroit blitzes? They're going to need a big George Fant game. New friend of the pod, I can finally say that. Yep. Um, cool guy. What a cool guy he was. That was uh, yeah. That was, that was awesome. Fun. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to talk some uniforms with him. That was really all we really cared about. That was um, great. Yeah. Just the fact that like we talk about it all the time now. Get to you know with one of the starters on the team. Yeah, we get, get to, to show like, chop how, it up some uniforms. How, exactly. The fact that he asked us our favorite that was awesome. Yeah, we get to show him how lame we are, Michael. How yeah, into exactly to the uniforms we are. I saw you. You also I tweeted out. We saved the uniforms for the end, but briefly, you tweeted out a photo of, of green on black. Yeah, green jerseys, yeah. black pants. I made a nice Burn that. green on black edit. I was like, Burn it. I, th- I think the fans are gonna love this. It's gonna be you know nice hip uniform, but apparently that is not the case. Go take a look at the ratio on that tweet. Yeah, not pretty. Um, I I love that. I love that combo though. I would like to yeah. see it. Yeah, you're wearing the Adam Gay sweatshirt too, so I don't know. Yeah, I so don't, don't listen to my fashion, fashion advice. Sense. <laughs> yeah, the um, I, I think the the one combo could work is black jersey Adam and green Gay pants. sweatshirt right here. There we go. Oh god, <laughs> Jesus, just bad memories. That just looks like QB one sweatshirt modern. though. It's unfortunate that Adam Gay had to put a stain on it. Um, let's talk about the defense. Also, an intimidating matchup for the Jets for two reasons, kind of combined. Detroit has a great offensive line, and the Jets probably won't have Quinton Williams. And we've talked about this before. The, the style of defense the Jets play, rushing four, playing coverage, having to win with those four, only works when you're winning that battle in the trenches. And I don't mean to say anything. Detroit, as bad as they've been at times this year, I know they've, they've turned it around. We should stop talking about Detroit like other teams talk about. It's the same thing people talk about the Jets. It's like, all right, this is right. actually a good team this year. But Detroit has a hell of an offensive line. They've really put an emphasis on building through the trenches, and they've they've played well there. And, and the Lions' offense as a whole has been good, but they're scary because I don't think the Jets have faced an offensive line like this all season. And if they start that game, Michael, and Jared Goff's getting three, four seconds to throw and they're not getting any push, it could be a long day. Could definitely yeah, be a long the, day. I mean, this Lions' offensive line, I think, is – the main reason the Lions are the good team that they are right now, because you know, you know, you break it down like it's their offense more so than the defense. Then you look at the offense and you scan the talent they have, and it's like you know they have some pieces. Amon Ross, St. Brown, he's a star now. Um, but beyond that, you know, they trade T.J. Hawkinson. They don't really, you know, their second receiver is Josh Reynolds. The running back duo is good, but you know, again, haven't replaced Hawkinson. Then at quarterback, you have Jared Goff, who. You know, coming to the season, most people probably think he's mediocre at best. So it doesn't look like a top five offense if you just look at those skill positions. So it's that offensive line that is really pushing them over the top, putting all those guys in position uh, to play great football because the pass protection is clean. It lets Goff do what he does without having to worry about making people miss or you know making throws under pressure. And the run game, the holes in the run game are just fantastic. They're right up there in terms of yards before contact. Uh, they're at their fourth and yards before contact per carry on non-quarterback runs. And they're third in the percentage of their rushing yards that come before contact. So basically that's saying the offensive line is what makes the run game go. Um, there are big holes and that's how they're getting the rushing yards. So it's huge if Quinn Williams doesn't play because he's the anchor of that run defense. He is the guy who eats up blocks, clogs gaps and makes it easier for the linebackers to rally for the edge defenders to get in there uh, and make plays. And if he's not in there, you know, you're looking at Nathan Shepard and Solomon Thomas kind of getting increases in snaps and Shepard's in the passing. I'd be less worried in the passing game than in the run game. If, if Quinnen didn't play because Shepard's kind of uh, improved his pass rushing recently, 
I think he's ready to make some plays as a pass rusher. Now, obviously a downgrade, but I think he's ready to make some plays as a pass rusher. But in the run game, still haven't seen the greatest from those two reserve defensive tackles, and I don't think either either of those guys are replicating Quinnen's ability to do all, all those things I just said, like just the dirty work in the run game to prevent those holes from being created. Um, both of them still struggle with you know shooting gaps too aggressively. We, we've seen teams kind of use gap runs against the Jets more frequently in recent weeks, like the Bills did. I think the Bears did it a little bit. Vikings as well. Um, just kind of punishing that aggression uh, in terms of shooting the gaps with the defensive tackles. So uh, if Quinnen's out against this Lions offensive line, uh, it's going to be tough, and the defensive tackles are really going to have to step up and uh, do a good job of clogging those gaps and making sure huge holes aren't created in the run game for those Lions running backs. Um, so Quinton Williams would be a huge loss if he's not out there. Yeah, I think a lot of Jets fans, including myself, look at this game and say, all right, you know, the Lions have gotten hot. They have a great offense, but it's Jared Goff on the road in 35 degree weather it should be sunny but it'll be a cold winter day on the he does road have historically bad cold weather numbers it's worth worth noting i was gonna i was gonna spin it into like a positive jared goff thing but yeah let's let's talk about some of the next i just get you what, what are your thoughts on jared goff as a does he scare you with with all these weapons he has i mean i i think maybe scared is a little bit too over the top but you have to respect the production he's putting up i mean he is the quarterback of this top five scoring team and you could his production. I mean, he's protected the ball. He's been consistent, and he's allowed this offense to be efficient. So uh, I think the the lines have just complemented him really well with the pass protection they have. It allows him to just sit back there and be the quarterback that he is, a pocket passer, and uh, he's been able to thrive this year. So I wouldn't say he's you know scary. Maybe that's a little over the top, but if you're not going to create pressure, he will sit back there and put up points and lead efficient drives against you. Absolutely. So um, it's all about that pressure against this good offensive line of the Lions. And like we said, Quinn Williams being out would, would hurt a lot, but uh, the Jets do still have plenty of weapons and plenty of money invested into this defensive line to be able to compete against offensive lines like this one, even if Quinn Williams doesn't play. But, uh, but yeah, Jared Goff will do damage against you if you can't get pressure. Here's my gut feeling about what this defense does on Sunday. I think they're going to come out, and I think they're going to try to play the same style of defense they've been playing all year. Rush the four, play back, quarters coverage, not going to do – I mean, they'll, they'll go into their man looks or whatever, but I think if it doesn't go well in the first quarter, they're going to make that adjustment to say, all right, time to load the box, stop Swift and Jamal Williams, get after Goff, send some pressure. You know, obviously the – the last time I can really remember, I know they've blitzed a few times this year, but the last big blitz I can remember that really just comes to, to mind is that one against the Bengals where it cost him on the touchdown. And it was Quinnen who was getting mad at, at Coach Whitecotton where he was like, you know, just let us, tr you know, trust this defensive line. Well, now Quinnen's out. So now you you can make an argument like, hey, maybe the Jets shouldn't just sit back and play the style of defense. Maybe they're going to have to change some stuff up. And one of the things we liked about Robert Sala when they hired him was he showed an ability to adapt his defense in 2020. Um, because the, the 49ers didn't have the personnel to run what they were running in 2019, and they still got good results. Do you think they're going to come out with with the same style of defense they've been playing all year, or do you think they and, and change it if it doesn't go well, or do you think they're going to come out and say, "All right, 
we're going to have to get after Jared Goff in this game. We're going to have to stop the run, load the box, and and send some heat and trust these yeah. players. Yeah, I, I could see that at this point. I mean, it's all hands on deck. It's winter go home time here in December. So I think, you know, your best pass rusher is out. So I could definitely see that. Um, I mean, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you see this game kind of playing out as uh, sort of uh, maybe even similar to that bear structure to where, you know, maybe defense struggles a little bit early and then picks it up as it goes on? Uh, maybe not similar to the Bears game because obviously Lions are much better. But do you see that kind of game structure to where, you know, maybe the Jets give up a first quarter touchdown, maybe 14 points, uh, and then maybe settle in from there? I think that's been the common theme for this defense. It's the same thing for yeah. the 49ers. They they get better as the game goes on. They're fresher because they rotate as much. They make great adjustments um, as much as possible. They make great adjustments. Um, yeah, I, I do think that they'll they'll get better as the game goes on. I certainly hope they don't come out slow. I do hope that they can come out and stifle this Lions offense. Uh, the The importance of a good start in this one can't be understated because if they come out there and the Lions go right down the field and score a touchdown, and Zach Wilson goes three and out and takes a big sack or throws an interception. Not only are the boos going to be raining in, but I think mentally for the team it might be tough because they lost the quarterback they've all kind of bought into. Their best player isn't out there. It, it could be tough. The wheels could come off in this one if they don't have a good start. Um, but on the flip side of things, if they come out there and let's say they create a big turnover early, or they really stifle Goff in the first quarter or the first half, and Wilson goes out there and leads a few touchdown drives, then the good vibes are flowing. You know They'll be playing with confidence. They'll know they're the better team, even not at full strength. Um, and, and I don't see the Jets. If the Jets come out to a big lead, I don't see them really losing it. Um, it could the, the Lions could be tough to come back against, though. Right. Um, yeah, so put it. Uh, they need a good start. And if they don't have a, a great start, the defense can't get whooped in the first set. You know, it's like, okay, if Zach is going to come out there and you're seeing the same Zach that we've seen for the most of the season, and maybe they have a score drive, but it's just a lot of three and outs and sacks and maybe throws an intercept, whatever. If that's the type of half you're getting from Zach Wilson, the defense really can't give up a few scoring drives. I mean, yeah, they're going to they're have to put the, the, the game on, on their shoulders. And, and the thing that, that I like about this matchup, though, is – Yes, Quinnen's the Jets' best player. Yes, he's the heart of this team and this defensive line. But Jets have some damn good corners. They don't have to play this way. They have the, the, the luxury to be flexible with how they play. They can go and load the box. They can rush, and they can say, you know what? We're going to play some cover one ourselves. We'll play some man defense. I don't know how out of tendency they'll get. I like that we're going to get the uh, – we'll see how much Jamison Williams plays. It's his third game. Uh, Michael, how many? You said he only got like 13 snaps last 13? game. Yeah, I think 13 yeah. last game. So I, I anticipate to see a little bit more Jamison Williams. Maybe we get the re, we get the rematch of uh, him and Sauce back from that Alabama Cincinnati game. Um, but Amon Ra has been fantastic all year. But DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, you put them up against anybody, and that's the thing that that's the thing I'm clinging to in this game because offensively it looks like somewhat an intimidating matchup. Although I do have some faith that Zach will put together a solid performance. But this defense against the offense almost scares me more because of how good the Lions' offensive line is, the weapons they have, and no Quinnen. But the thing that I'm clinging to is DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. So let's talk about some matchups in this one for the defensive side of the football. Obviously, I don't know, you know, the Jets play their sides, so they'll, they'll line up against all these guys. But Reed and Gardner versus Amon Ra versus Jameson Williams versus DJ Shark versus Josh Reynolds. 
that's a big one. That really will decide this game uh, in a lot of ways. Um, what are some of the other ones that, that stand out to you? Well, yeah, first to talk about those corners. I mean, the corners really have been the heart and soul of this team this year. And, and the pass rush has been awesome, but I feel like I would put the corners ahead of the pass rush because I think right. uh, just game to sacks. game this year, yeah, a lot of coverage sacks. I just think the consistency from week to week, it feels like every game the corners have been a plus. There, there have been some pass rush ups and downs, maybe a little disappointing at times, but corners feels like every single game they are outperforming expectations. You know, how many times do they play a star receiver? And you're like, oh, that guy only had 30 yards, 40 yards this game when he had 160, 150 the game before that or whatever. So uh, it feels like they always hold it down. They help out the pass rush uh, and they just prevent those big plays over the top to a a really awesome level. So that's going to be big in this one because, you know, we're talking about the Jets pass rush against this offensive line, potentially without Quinn Williams, but if your corners can lock down, then it could buy that extra time to uh, to be the equalizer in that matchup up front to maybe give them that extra split second they need to create that pressure um, to get home for that sack, to force that bad throw. Um, and I like the matchup for the corners here because you know, St. Brown, he's awesome, and everyone's going to see some of him because he plays about split between the slot and outside. Um, so he yeah. Moves around big, a big lot. MC sc- I, you know what? I did it again. We, you you yeah. called me out on it last week. I left out Michael Carter the second every time. It's corner yeah, tree. Although may, maybe it's fair this week because he did game. have probably his yeah. roughest game. But uh, but yeah. one but game he, doesn't. He's be big you know, in this one. Doesn't doesn't uh mitigate the season, but he'll be big in this one because St. Brown will be in that slot quite frequently. So all three corners are going to have a, a piece of their best receiver. But outside of that, you know, and not not to disrespect these guys because they made plenty of plays, but. Um, you know, when you're looking at Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds, when this cornerback unit has been up to the task against Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, all these guys all season, and you're like, they can really lock these guys down. And it kind of reminds me of that Packers game um, when the Jets, that's maybe the Jets' best defensive performance of the season or close to it. Um, and a lot of it had to do with that cornerback unit and how dominant they were against those Packers receivers, a unit that you know that maybe come, has maybe come on to this point with uh, Christian Watson breaking out, but at that point was not really clicking. The Jets' corners really dominated it, and I think outside of St. Brown, the Jets have a chance to do that in this one. Uh, the Lions don't have a tight end you have to worry about, um, so that's something that um, I think is a plus for the Jets because they don't have to worry about playing matchup with Sauce on the tight end, which they do a lot. Um, he could focus on the outside, so I like the matchup here. I think despite the the pass rush maybe having a tough matchup against this O-line. Uh, I think this coverage can really be the equalizer there. So uh, that's going to be big. They need to have a dominant game, I think, to really uh, help the Jets overcome the trenches and create some chances for big plays. And, and turnovers are a big part of it, too, because uh, like you look at since the bye, and the Jets haven't had a pretty much haven't had a meaningful takeaway because the only one they've had since the bye is uh, Mosley's interception against the Bears, and that game was over at that point. So uh, I guess you can include the Jermaine's block punt in that. Um, but actual turnovers, just the one since the bye. Got to get some more of those. So, uh, what yeah. do you think of the turnovers? I'm curious like, what you think of that because I'm trying to find reasons for why it's not happening because it feels like they, they get pressure, like they cover well. Why aren't the turnovers there? So why don't you think they've been there, and what could they do better to get that number up? 
Well, they've played two really great offenses, and they they first of all they're yeah. terrible at falling on fumbles. That's one of them. Yes. one of the things. And then yeah, I mean, I think a lot of turnovers. It, it does seem luck oriented. Like turnovers yeah. aren't one of those yeah. things that are consistent year to year, even with great defenses. Some years, you know, look at a guy like. Obviously, it's not an entire defense, but like Darrell Revis, I view him as the best corner of all time. His best seasons, a lot of times he didn't even allow, he didn't have many interceptions because people wouldn't throw at him. And I think it's similar to the Jets where it's like offenses kind of have to take what the defense is giving them when they play the Jets because they play that shell coverage, because they play back and because they have great corners. And so you're facing a lot of offenses that are running, you know, draws, screens, quick passes, stuff to the flat. Um, a lot of easy, simple dink and dunk stuff, trying to just bleed the clock and, and get slowly up the field. And I think that style of play is less conducive to turnovers than the style of play of, you know, a guy like, you know, uh, give me a better example. I'm trying to think of, you know, somebody who's throwing deep, somebody who's, who's playing yeah. carefree, who's, who's yeah. a, a, uh, an aerial attack, a vertical passing offense, who's going to take some of those chances. The Jets are scary to throw against. And so I think that's a big part of it. But I agree. Right. I think they're due for, for turnovers. I think one thing to keep in mind, Sauce Gardner, Detroit kid. So it's his hometown team. And the Lions passed on him. For sure. Yeah. So I, I, I like the uh, – not to get into the random predictions just yet, but I like – I know I predicted it last week and didn't come through. But I like the Sauce Gardner interception random prediction. I, I yeah. do feel like a turnover and, and, is And quick though on, on the interceptions and like, and, like, going off the point you were just saying and how, you know, quarterbacks don't like to take a lot of chances against these corners – like I'm trying to think of like the routes that Reed and Gardner really get typically targeted on, and it feels like a very high percentage of them, at least relative to other corners, are you know straight go routes. Like they get challenged on those a lot, and I feel like the reason that happens is because uh, you know quarterbacks don't want to challenge them on like out routes or curl yeah. routes. Like how often do we see them get challenged on those throws? Almost never, because no. their coverage on it is so tight. And we saw earlier in the year, you know, Sauce picked off that one against Miami. That was a, I uh, forget what exactly what that was, but it was something intermediate. I think it was an out route. But um, he had that. DJ Reed had that great pick against the Ravens. But their coverage on those routes is so good that it's just not really ever there. And that if they did get challenged, they probably would pick off some of them. But they just don't give those throws up. So the only times they get challenged is when the quarterback is like, all right, screw it. I'm going to throw up a bomb here because this probably isn't going to get picked off. Um, cause go routes really don't get picked off that often. You know, usually it's, you know, just broken up cause it's such yeah, a hard pass it, to actually catch. And that's, it feels like they really only get challenged on those. Yeah. And if they do it, it kind of feels like a punt for the quarterback. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think sauce, one of the things that he can develop is some of his ball skills, but I almost, you almost don't want to mess with it too much because part of what makes him so great is that last punch that he has. You know, you mentioned some yeah. of those go routes, some of those deep shots, and just the way that you know uh, other fans get on him for. Uh, well, that's that's even to pass interference. He didn't turn around, and not knowing that face guarding is not a penalty. We've made that point in the pod plenty of times. But a lot of the the way that Sauce covers those deep plays, those deep passes, some of those opportunities for him to get an interception is he doesn't turn around and look for the ball. He's playing the receiver, and when the ball comes in, he's knocking that thing out at the last second. We haven't really seen him too many times where he's looking at the ball. You know, where he's where he's trying to make a play on it. He's had some in zone where it's in front of him, like his pick on Josh Allen, but those deep balls, he's not really looking for the pick. He's, he's making sure he doesn't give up something, which I like that mentality. Just there's, he's been flawless as a rookie. So if you look for anything, it would, I would say, I don't know if he's the best ball Hawk corner yet. I'm sure if they tried him on some of those out routes and those comebacks, we'd be getting more. And, right. I, and I do think he gets picked this Sunday, but 
you know, if you're going to nitpick. And the other thing is the Jets' safeties aren't aren't ball ball hawks. They don't have Man, a guy. Jordan, Jordan Whitehead has stones for hands. He can stones anything. for hands. And and Joiner, yeah, he's holding on, but he's not he's not a ball hawk in safety either. If the if the Jets could add somebody in the in the off season, I, I think their best ball hawk is actually MC squared. I think the stats would back that up as well. Um, he's the guy that I feel like has the best natural ball skills. DJ Reed, I mean, I guess he's made some sick plays too. So maybe maybe Reed, but Reed or, or Carter, who are two smaller guys. So I don't know. They can yeah, add they a ball. They could use a safety. ball hawking safety for sure. That's a topic for another day. But yeah, on the Gardner ball skills, it's it's an inter- interesting topic because it's like a fine line you want to walk because like the way he's playing right now. Yes, he only has two picks, but outside of that, it's like near flawless. Probably best corner in the league. Um, like most stats would back that up in terms of what he gives up. So it's like, do you want to tweak that at all and maybe get more interceptions because he's so darn good at the way he's playing right now. Uh, I, I just don't know if he'll ever be a huge interception guy. I think he'll stay in that two to four range. I don't know if he'll ever be like a six, seven, eight kind of guy. Cause you know, most of the guys who do get that many picks aren't nearly as solid as, as sauce is at just flat out limiting. Right production you know even like you know Tariq Woolen and and he's had a great season it's not to take away from him but um he has the I think five picks right now but uh, in terms of the coverage numbers comparing him to sauce like he's not nearly as good I think he has five or six touchdowns at this point yeah Uh, similar amount of penalties the yards I think is twice as much so it's it's also like it's like Marcus Williams had like six picks yeah Marcus Williams six picks so you know interceptions are very fluctuant and random and, and all that so like they're great but it's like the main thing i'm gonna ju- gonna judge a cornerback on is what are you giving up and sauce gardner gives up less than anyone so i'm totally cool with him so yeah it just feels like the turnovers they've had some bad luck there and hopefully it can normalize over these next few weeks um but in terms of other matchups for the jets defense against uh, the Lions offense i know there's one that you wanted to talk about that we were discussing earlier so you want to kind of get into that one it's not really a direct matchup as much as it's no quinnon great o-line team that runs the football relatively well i mean i know golf is i mean they, they pass a lot but they have two great running backs in swift and, and jamal williams and the run game without quinnon could really hurt him cj mosley he's a big one this is yeah. this is i mean not that joe douglas would have given him that contract but this is why you're paying cj mosley 19 million dollars a year for this game this is what he brings you not just the leadership but when Quinnen goes down, he is their best run defender outside of Quinnen. He's going to be charged with filling those gaps. You know the Lions are going to get a little tricky. They have great offensive linemen, and with great offensive linemen, they're going to run those poles, those traps. They're going to get confusing. And the one thing we've seen with this Jets, this wide nine defense is that it does seem fairly obvious what the Jets are going to do, and teams have tried to take advantage of that. So we need Mosley to have uh, a big one. Uh, any thoughts on Mosley, or should we uh, get to the predictions? What, what do you think of uh, – of CJ Mosley in this one. No, I agree for sure, because especially if the defensive line does, you know, struggle to plug some of those holes, uh, then it just puts extra responsibility on the linebackers to where, okay, we're not really going to plug these gaps. So it's on you. You're either going to make these stops or we're going to give up big runs. Uh, And I was looking at some of the lines running backs numbers and they don't break a ton of tackles. I think they're the fifth lowest the lines running backs in terms of missed tackles forced per carry. So they're not super elusive. Um, if the holes are there, like they frequently are with this offensive line, uh, they hit it hard. They're, you know, downhill runners who are going to take advantage of it, but 
they're not going to make you miss too often. So I want to see the linebackers uh, and the safeties tackle well, tackle efficiently, don't miss a lot of tackles, don't give this offense anything more uh, than it deserves to get. You can't afford to give cheap yards to a really good offense, especially, you know, like we said, could be a tough one up front. So linebackers need to be clean, tackle well in the run game. All right, let's get to some predictions. Actually, sorry, one more thing. Where the Jets are better. Let's do this. Rapid let's fire. Do it. Quarterback, probably have to go with the Lions on this one. Yeah, Lions. Hard to say anything else. Running Who's back. Mike White? I'm curious what would we say. We go uh, probably push. Yeah, I'd probably we probably go push. But yeah. I would rather, well, yeah, we go push on that one. Uh hypothetical argument. Uh running back. Uh, probably Lions. Probably Lions. Pro- probably fair player. to go Lions. I mean, you know, with the numbers they're putting up. So let's just say Lions. But I mean, yeah. Knight, the way he's playing, he's playing really well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a guy you could, you know, we have to see it for a few more weeks, but he might be the best running back in this game. But yeah. as of right now, I think you got to go with the Lions. Receivers. It's actually an interesting one. I would no Corey Davis. Because I think, you know, both of them are led by one star, kind of maybe right. lacking some depth after that. Um, I'd probably go. It's That's really tough. With Corey Davis, I think I'd go with the Jets. Without yeah. Corey Davis, I think I'd go with the Lions. Yeah, we haven't seen I, too I much from so. Jamison Williams, but he's you know how dangerous he is. Wow, yeah, is I would say Lions just because those guys are getting it done in a highly efficient offense. Jets have a lot of guys who are struggling, like Barrios, Mims. So I, yeah. I would go Lions slightly here. Uh, tight end, you got to give to the Jets. Yeah, for sure. Um, offensive tackle, you definitely go to the the Lions in this one. Sorry, George. Yeah. Um, interior line. Probably well. Yeah, I mean, probably I give it to the Lions. I mean, Ragnall is probably one of the top centers. Um, their guards maybe aren't the sharpest part of their O line. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Jets deserve to be ahead of yeah. the Lions here. Herbig has been good. Tomlinson has been up and down. McGovern has been a lot yeah, better than yeah. I think I've given. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like up and down because he actually has. I know he started really bad. Like he does have good games sometimes, but. Then it comes back down, so just inconsistent. Yeah. Um, defensive tackle. No Quinn and Williams for the Jets in this one, but they do have Sheldon Rankins. Maybe you count JFM. Well, we're going to count him as an edge. So you got Sheldon Rankins, Solomon Thomas, Nathan Shepard, Tanzel Smart. I mean, the Dude, Lions' we... interior D-line might be one of the worst. I mean, they really yeah. don't have anything. So I would still go to the. I Jets. actually, I was Quinn. honestly saying all those Jets defensive tackles while I was trying to look up. Wait, who the hell? Are trying you to look up their tackles. I was like, who the hell are the defensive <laughs> tackles? Um, edge. This is actually kind of a close one, but I think I would go with the Jets because. Yeah, of Yeah, I think Huff. I'd still go Jets. I mean, Hudson's having a good rookie season, but it's kind of it, I guess. I, mean, I mentioned James Houston. Definitely yeah. look out for him, but small sample. But Huff so. is better than him. The Huff, Jets of Carl, Jermaine, JFM, and Clemens. Yeah. So it's Edge I'd go Jets. Jets here. Linebacker. Lions do have Ramirez, but I like Mosley, Quan, and, and Quincy have been, you know, it's not they haven't been perfect, but they've been pretty damn good. So I would go linebacker here for the Jets. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, corners, definitely Jets. And safeties, also Jets. Right? You agree with that? Any, any I mean, to be completely honest, I don't, I don't know too much about their safeties. I mean, Elliott, and uh, who I think was a backup for the Ravens, and uh, 
Kirby Joseph, who's a rookie. So he does have three picks, but we know that can be misleading. So I honestly don't know, but the Jets' safeties aren't very good either. Um, I guess push. I mean, that I, I just hesitate to give the Jets' safeties an edge over anyone. So I don't know. Um, do we know who has the better um, special teams DVOA between the two teams? I think it's the Jets. Oh, the Lions are right behind them, though. Oh yeah, did you, you have the rankings up right I was now? Looking at it. Yeah, but I don't have. I'm not logged in, so I don't have the exact numbers. I don't want to mess this up. I think maybe maybe you should do this numbers guy, but I think. Okay, I'll try. Look it up. You talk about something. Talk about something. Um, uniforms. No. Um, that's no, always think, a great the the go to. Yeah. Like you, could, that's the one thing. Probably more than anything else in this entire planet, I could just start a conversation about that's, more so than the actual football. That's, There's nothing sad uh, about it. Yeah. Okay. Every every passion is, you know, like has its niche. So I don't right, know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong hey, with like that's, hey, that's, that's on brand for us, Michael. I mean, our podcast, you know, we talk about the unis. And when, when they inevitably change these unis or logo or bring back retros, people are going to be coming here to listen because we talk about them. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I want their coverage. All right. I got the numbers. Jets right. are 18th. Detroit is 9th. Oh, so we give Detroit special teams. And so you know what that means, Michael? Let me make sure I'm right on this. That means that that is a right down the middle draw between the two of them. We gave the Jets tight end, defensive tackle. This this was a pick them at one point. Linebacker. So makes sense. Yeah. Tight end, defensive tackle, edge, linebacker, corner, and safety for the Jets. That's six. And the Lions got QB, running back, receiver, tackle, interior offensive lineman, and special teams. So the Lions, we basically gave the Jets the entire defense. And we gave the Lions uh, the entire offense minus the tight end, but they get special teams. So it makes, that's that makes perfect out. sense. I think that's what we would expect. All right. Uh, prediction times. Uh, best case, worst case. And by that, I also uh, kind of mean what are the keys to this game? I mean, that's kind of what we're saying. I mean, you want to start out? Sure. Best I case ask, scenario? I asked the questions around here, but yeah, sure. I, you asked the question? I just throw it right back to um, you. Well, uh, little, best case scenario – Best case scenario is a fast start. Best case scenario is a touchdown drive on the Jets' first possession, or at least a scoring drive. You know, just we want to see Zach Wilson just move the ball, you know, early on. You know, even if even if they move the ball and they have to settle for three a few times, I just want to. If we go out there and it's three and outs or sacks or a turnover, or it just it'll get ugly in that stadium. So best yeah. case scenario is a fast start, especially offensively for Zach. You want him to kind of get in his groove, get in his rhythm. I feel like when he is feeling himself, he, he plays well. It's just sometimes when that switch goes off, he's not able to, to rebound. Um, so I, I want to see a good Zach game. Um, and then, yeah, defensively, it's just dominance. I mean, I think it's easier to talk about the worst case because the best case scenario is, well, everybody plays well. But specifically, I would just say a fast start. The Jets are winning the, the, the battle in the trenches, at least offensively. Their offensive line is is handling Detroit's pressure packages and opening up holes in the run game for for Bam Knight, and Garrett Wilson is just wide open all game. Is that I think that's what you're hoping for, and that that Zach is able to to just keep getting the ball to Garrett. And then defensively, it's just you know can they create a pass rush? The best case scenario is that they create a pass rush without Quentin Williams. We finally maybe we get that Carl Lawson breakout game. Maybe he steps it up, um, but. Get pressure on Goff with four. If they're able to win with four, I think they they win this game. If they aren't getting any push with their four, 
and it's not just it's not just pass rush. It's it's in the run game too. Yeah. If if they're if they're getting down in the trends by this, because look, Detroit has one of the best O lines, but you would also say the Jets have one of the best D lines, and I know that includes Quentin Williams. But even without Quentin, it's still a great defensive line and a deep defensive line. So they can't be getting their ass kicked in the trenches on both sides, but especially in the defense, they have to hold their own. And then I do trust these corners to lock it down. So yeah, I don't know, create some turnovers and and get pressure on Goff is you know about all the football cliches I can spit out. You got any best case, worst case stuff? Um, I guess best case, I really think a, if we're talking best case scenario, I think it has to involve Zach Wilson playing really well and finally kind of unlocking his arm against this type of man coverage defense that's going to give you some opportunities to make plays and then also some opportunities. We haven't mentioned this yet. Another another advantage of playing a man defense, there's some running opportunities. Um, yeah. Where's the guy we saw against Jacksonville last year? I want to, I want to see some more of that. So. Uh, and, and the Lions have been susceptible. I mean, yeah, Allen off against them on the the ground. I think Rogers had like forty yep. yards running against them. I mean, actually, I think I think I looked this looked at this earlier. They have given up the most rush yards to quarterbacks. Part of that is schedule. You know, some teams play fields, some teams don't, but uh, they are number one in that right now. So right, susceptibility of that. So so, so um, why is Flacco the backup and not Strevler? Hmm? I mean, I guess like. I don't know because maybe Strebler is just, you know, it's hard to build the offense, you know, around what yeah. he does, you know. So, but it, it, you know, exactly. is it transferable to the regular season? What he's doing the preseason? I guess that would be the concern. Got to be better than what Flacco is doing. Yeah, maybe not. But it, it does seem like if Flacco is out there, the Jets aren't aren't winning anything, especially if if the Lions are going to throw those pressure packages at him. And it's just like, yeah, if Zach goes down or if he's not playing well and and the game is within striking distance. They put Strevler in that game in front of the home crowd. They're getting yards. You know, he's, he's moving up and down the field. Cause even if he's just taking off his legs every time and the jets offense looks different, it just, it feels like best chance to win. If, if Zach goes down or whatever between Flacco and Strevler, Strevler gives you the better chance. I guess the other thing to think about from the jets perspective, I hope this isn't the reason, but, if Strevler's your backup, maybe the fans are a little quicker to, to start booing Zach and calling for him to get benched. Where it's like, you know, yeah. or the fans going to be calling for him if to get Flacco, benched. If it's Flacco, you're just going to put up with it. Yeah, exactly. But if it's Strevler, there's going to be, we got this guy on the bench. We got to put him, you know, so maybe that's part of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you on, on what you said about Zach running the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so I think best case scenario really involves Zach Wilson unlocking the full extent of his abilities because this is a tough Lions offense. Usually when they lose, you have to put up at least 24, 25 points to beat them. So I think if they're going to do that, it's going to involve Zach Wilson playing well. So I think a best-case scenario all starts with the quarterback. And then defensively, I think it's uh, – I'm going to go to the key you brought up. I'm going to look at the linebackers. I think good tackling from them, regardless of what the D-line does, if you can get that good tackling, good angles – good gap filling from your linebackers. Play I think rec. that can make up for it. Play recognition, all those things can uh, help mitigate any issues you might have up front and keep that run game quiet, keep the pressure on Jared Goff and his arm against these corners. Because I think the corners against the receivers you can rely on in this game. Uh, it's just how are they going to handle that run game? How are they going to create pressure? So I think the linebackers are the key to maintaining uh, that uh, pressure on Goff in the sense that Let's make him throw and beat these corners. So best case scenario, I'm looking at quarterback balling out and the linebackers. Um, worst case scenario, I guess 
I guess let's flip that. You know, Zach Wilson looking like the same guy he was, you know, throwing interceptions that don't make sense, uh, not being confident, and pulling the trigger on reads that are open. Um, and I think, like you said, if you don't get off to a fast start, I think that's not ideal against this team because Jets have had some comeback wins this year, but they've generally get been against uh, teams that you know probably aren't as high octane offensively as the, the Lions are. I guess you could throw the Bills in there. Uh, as a good offense they came back on but uh but generally you know it's tough to come back on a good offense so although their defense you know does potentially make it easier to come back but you know you don't want to get into a shootout with the lions let's just say that so i think a fast start helps you avoid doing that yeah and the worst case is that they're getting dominated in the trenches and like you said zach wilson's turning the ball over if they're getting dominated in the trenches and zach wilson's turning the ball over I don't know how I feel about this one. Then then the right. game will turn into if they can keep it close. Let, let, let's say they go into half with that as, as your reality. They're getting dominated in the trenches. Zach's turned the ball over. If they can keep it somewhat close, given that scenario, like I'm talking within 14 points at half, um, then they're going to have to flip the, the game on its head and, and really go, all right, we got to blitz them then. We have to get after it. We have to stack the box, You know, flip everything defensively, and then offensively, I think – you know, there is a part of me that feels Zach does play better when he's playing loose. I shouldn't say there's a part of me. There entirely is true. And I, there's a part of me that feels like a lot of the best Zach drives that we've seen have been like late in games. And like, yes, you can credit that to defense is playing prevent. They're just trying to make you burn time. And so there's part of that. But there is also part of it where it's like, all right, the game's over. F it. You know, it doesn't matter if I throw an interception. I just got to move the ball down the field. And you saw that the Patriots game. I think you saw it. Falcons game is rookie year. You've seen it. You've seen it a few times where at the end of the game, if they're losing Panthers, yeah. Panthers, you know, and then he just starts to make things happen a little bit easier. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess, uh, I guess we can do random predictions. Yeah. Let's do some random predictions. You want right. to start? I think oh, you I had said, it in mind, right? I said, well, I said the sauce Gardner interception says there's one for the defense. I think sauce gets an interception. Um, Offensively, I don't know how crazy I want to go with on this one. I would say, um, why the my here's my conservative random prediction: Zach Wilson rushing touchdown. Now my aggressive one would be pretty good. It's pretty good. My aggressive one. Here's what I'm going with. Ready? Three total touchdowns for Zach Wilson. Okay. How do you feel? I like it. I like it. It's realistic, but also bold. Um. I guess, yeah, I was, like I was kind of deliberating. Do I want to do something pretty weird and random, like maybe George Fant getting revenge on Penny Sewell for kind of stealing the thunder of offensive linemen catching passes? Um, I'm going to pass on that one, though. It's a little too bold. Uh, I'll go with, how about this one? Elijah Moore, two touchdowns. Okay, I that? like that. Yeah, I like that. You got one for the defense? Uh, defensively, I'll go with, uh, MC2 interception. Let's go with that. Uh, I actually, I'm writing it down this time. Uh, all right, let's give let's give one more each, okay? Uh, I'm gonna go right. to you first because I'm writing these down. Got got a third one for me. Let's get let's get crazy with this one, but not right. like on really crazy. Okay, uh, but not but not like yeah yeah not like George Fant catches a touchdown pass. Like you know something bold, but yeah. within the actual realm of a possibility. Um, I'll go with. Let's say Justin Hardy forces a fumble on a punt return and Kenny Aboa recovers. Yeah, see, like that's exactly what I was talking about. 
that's not ridiculous. That's within the realm of possibility. I guess there's like a 0.01% chance that I was talking like Garrett Wilson has two touchdowns for more 200 yards. Points. I was saying something like, you know, like, yeah. Okay, fine. I guess I'll too specific. You, you know what? You can write that down in the doc. I'm not typing that all out. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yes. Okay. Fine. If you want to give a really specific, bold, random prediction, I'll give you one. Let me think. Um, you with the special teams, I predicted the Barrios uh, touchdown return last week. It did not come true. I do feel like he's he's due to break one at some point, though. Right? He is due to run one back. But I'll, I'll refrain from now. I'll go. The Jets run a non-quarterback pass that goes for more than twenty-five yards. You like that? Okay. Yeah, that we'll is definitely bold. Non-QB Based pass. on the way those plays have gone this year. Yeah. Other than the Barrios pass, I guess. That was nice. Yeah, so I'll Other say they have a non-QB pass. Not pretty. All right, score prediction, Michael. How are you feeling about this one? I, I think I've predicted uh, a win for the Jets every single game going all the way back to I'm trying to think of the last game I predicted them to lose. Probably the first Bills game, I think. So yeah, I've, I've gotten um, a little too – Biased, I guess, maybe with my predictions, but I think for me, unfortunately, I'm going to have to lean towards Detroit here uh, with the Mike White loss. I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I'm going to root my hardest, hope for the best, do all my superstitions going into this game. But if I were what betting, are, what man, are your superstitions? Let me hear how weird you are. And, uh, and I say I mean, this as somebody who also has plenty of yeah. gone through phases of superstitions as well. Let me hear some. Yeah, I mean, well, earlier this season, I've kind of abandoned this, but I was just matching the jersey colors that they were wearing. Okay. Uh, that I think weird. I went. I think they were four and zero when I'm uh, through the first six games. They were four and zero when I matched zero and two when I forgot to. Then the Patriots game, they lost. I had my black Carl Lawson jersey, so I abandoned it after that point. Um, other than that, do I have any specific superstitions that I go with? Uh, I don't. I don't know actually. Maybe I don't really have any besides that. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the lines here if I were right. a betting man, but I'm not. So, uh, fortunately, I will not lose any money either way. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Lions 30, Jets 23. Let's go with that. 30-23 Lions. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to predict a win. But because I predicted wins the last few weeks and they've lost, I'm gonna predict a loss. But um, I yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like not pollute my opinions with my fan bias. I do feel like the Jets are gonna win this game, but it does feel like all right. I shouldn't keep just predicting the Jets to win. And if we're being honest, on paper, the Lions maybe should be the favorite. So I'll yeah. go with you, Michael. I'll predict a Lions loss. Let's maybe if I will say if if the Jets. If I predict a loss and the Jets win in dominating fashion, maybe I'm just going to have to keep predicting them to lose. So I'll go. Let's see. If the Lions are controlling the line of scrimmage and Zach isn't playing too well, I'll say the Jets put up 13 and the Lions put up 24. 24-13 Lions. I like that. Okay. That's my uh, – 27-13 Lions. How about that? 27-13 Lions. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to kind of go with the more lopsided score, but I guess I figured I'd push it up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I guess we're both going lines here. Feels wrong. I would have picked wrong. the Jets if Mike White was playing. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. 
So uh, that was definitely a bummer. But, um, I mean, hey, if Zach Wilson's going to be the guy, it's hard to script a, a cooler story, I guess, than doing it this well, that's, way. Yeah, that's, this, that's the thing. Like, I, you're like, passion. that's where you're like, I was more depressed about this than any other Jets loss. It's like, all right, well, this was a bummer, but it's also like, all right, white season isn't done. And this is a game you really, really want to win, but, and it's, yeah, it's, I would, it's not a must win though. When we lay that wide. And like, it, it, if the Jets lose, it, it'll make it a lot harder for them to make the playoffs. But if they lose and the Dolphins lose to the Bills, then you're just looking at it as like, all right, three in a row and they're in. Um, I don't know. I feel like, for Zach, this is this is the storyline. It's like number two overall pick. Lose your job. It's all in front of you. You've had a few weeks off. You can get the Jets into the playoffs. You can save their season. You can change a lot of the rhetoric that's been spewed about you. I mean, he's gotten dragged on social media for weeks now, and he never really he never got a chance to respond to that Patriots game, which I think has also kind of skewed the the fan base's perception of him as a quarterback. Um, obviously he was not good this year, but that was the worst quarterback performance he's had as a, as a professional, I would say maybe the, his first game at the pass might be worse than that, but it's, it's up there. Um, so I don't know. It's all right in front of him. I couldn't, I, I'm fascinated to see what he's going to do on Sunday. I am actually, I'm very excited for, for the opportunity for him. Cause it's like, he goes out there and lights these lions up and then it's like, got a decision on your hands jets fans it's like do you go with the number two overall pick if he wins these next two games for them and he's playing well or do you go back to white who showed what he's made of against good teams in high pressure situations it's fascinating to think about but obviously cheering for zach in this one let's uh let's right. let's hope he can pull this one through um follow us to cj pod on twitter michael michael underscore nanny myself ben w blessington go to jetsxfactor.com best place to go for jets content um, subscribe to the Jets X Factor YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Helps out the pot a ton. I think that's it, Michael. Any any last thoughts? We're recording this very very late on Friday night, technically Saturday morning. Any last thoughts? Uh, Twelve fifty on Saturday morning here. Uh, nice. We're there one we day away from one of the. I, I was going to say one of the biggest Jets games in recent history, but we say that every single week. So. Not going to say that, but a huge Jets game. Um, so let's talk about some uniforms with that in mind. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. Green on green this week, as we both anticipated. Um, Are you serious? Not a, All right, okay, yeah, not sorry. A, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of green on green typically, but uh, I'm just glad to see some green jerseys at this point in the season because we haven't seen it yet this year. So I think I uh, think the green on green is underrated. You know, you know I mean, what I think, though? I think against the Lions, it's a really good – color matchup yeah. green on green against i'm assuming they'll be all white or will they be white on blue either way i like that color matchup yeah it's a good point it'll it'll be a pretty uniform matchup hopefully the jets make it a yeah. pretty game on their end um all right michael i guess that's it thank you everybody for listening have a great weekend we'll be back sunday night talking this jets game it'll be certainly a very interesting podcast hopefully we have a happy michael nania if I get on here, Michael, and it's it's the, if, if you check the next podcast episode and it's sad, Michael Nania, things didn't go too well. I'm I'm always happy. I'm a I'm a jovial guy. Yeah, always on here, jolly talking about the Jets. It is hard to be high energy at one in the morning talking about the Jets, <laughs> but you know what, Michael, we powered through. What are we at? We're at we, we had pretty good energy, but I start maybe the past ten minutes or so. I started to power yeah. down a little bit. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Go Jets.